Hey everybody, uh, this is another week of uh, Cryptids. Uh, welcome to Nerds of Legend. Uh, I'm Ben, uh, To the, next to me is Brian, and down at the bottom is Joel. Uh, we Since we ran out of time with the last Cryptids episode, uh, Joel wanted to spend more time on this one because he thinks it can really fill up the time. So, Joel, I'm going to let you uh, go ahead and tell us about the Hopkinsville Goblins. Yeah, I was. This was kind of cool because I expected this one to be just like a story of like three drunks in a farmhouse, and um, which it's kind of. Uh, but this was uh, going through it like this was also the inspiration for uh, the Pokemon Sableye, the loose inspiration for the movie Critters. Huh. Which I thought was like, that's. But then on a note that hits us uh, very close to our, especially Brian's nerdy heart, is the uh, inspiration for the Hopkins Gremlin in the Pathfinder Bestiary Book 5. It is taken directly from this one, from this story of the Hopkinsville Goblins. So, Interesting. So, where does this come from? <laughs> This comes from a sighting on August 21st, 1955, in a small town outside of Hopkinsville, Kentucky, named Cary. It was at 7 p.m. There was a, a, while outside getting water, at Billy Ray Taylor, who was visiting his mom, Lenny Langford, in her home in Cary, Kentucky said that, and his direct quote is, he saw something fall into the backyard that was, direct quote, real bright with an exhaust, all the colors of the rainbow. Huh. He said he saw that and a number of other lights pass over and then land uh, in the wooded area in the backyard. So, the setting, August 21st, 1955, five adults and seven children showed up at the Hopkinsville police station at 11 p.m., absolutely terrified, claiming that they had been attacked and held off their attackers with gunfires for over four hours. The shooters were Elmer Sutton, whose nickname is Lucky, and Billy Ray Taylor. They claimed they had shot at 12 to 15 short, dark figures that were walking through their yard and peering through their windows. The family that was in this house which was a unpainted three-room house without running water, telephone, radio, or TV, or books. Uh, the family that was present and witnessed this was Glennie Langford, the owner of the small farm. Her children, Lonnie, Carlton, and Mary. Their two sons from a previous marriage, Elmer Lucky Sutton, and John Charlie J.C. Sutton, and their two wives, Vera and Eileen, and Eileen's brother, O.P. Baker, and Billy Ray Taylor were there with their wife, June. So this was a packed house. I'm just going to point out, these names are the most, like, southern hillbilly names I've heard in my oh, entire yeah, life. So great. It gets even well, also, better. I like how it's all like, oh, yeah, we didn't have running water or, t- or toilets or fucking, like, books, because no, books. Because be- this is, 
that actually is a pertinent factor in it. Okay, so Glenny Langford is very like she's very like no nonsense. Like she doesn't do anything for frivolous she's not known for frivolous flights of fancy. You know, she's like a very ordered person. She's very well known being like this ordered person who doesn't she doesn't poop around like if it she doesn't have time for that kind of stuff. Um she was actually described it by um as one of the as part of credit the credibility of the whole thing. Glenny Langford was described, and this is a quote from one of the police from the police at the time, was not a person who would make up these kind of things and was a no nonsense matriarch. And um, she despised any kind of attention. She wanted to get in, get out, and not deal with like any kind of attention. So what, it was really weird. What and, year was this? Uh, this was 1955. Oh, okay. And, um, I was expecting yeah, this to be like Prohibition era or something. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, also, there's a lot of people that say like she was kind of like. There's different groups that say that some some sources you listen to are like, Glenny was like very straight edge, you know, religious, like uh-huh. no drink, no nothing. And then the other one was like, then other reports are like we think they were wildly intoxicated. Unfortunately. I don't wasn't able to find any like definitive like police report like they came in spelling a moonshine or anything. So I don't know. But there's there's uh this story's been going around for so long that supposition has gone crazy that they were that they were drunk as skunks and others, you know the ones that really want this to be true are like they were stone cold sober. You know? You can um, believe ever that woman has yeah. never told a lie in her entire damn gum life. I actually listened to one of my podcasts one of the podcasts was, and the podcast was called A Little Spooky, and I really liked that one. Um, but they were talking about how one of the reasons she was she was believed, and they were all believed, was because she was too unimaginative. The lack of TV, radio, and books uh, would not have given her the imagination to come up with this. In other words, she was like, too oh, stupid to come up with something. Yeah, that's not, not so stupid, but just bored. You know, hmm. like if so, if they they make her sound like the kind of person to be like, so tell me a story, and the person's story would consist of. I woke up. I did laundry. <laughs> I cooked breakfast. Breakfast consisted of eggs and uh, oh, It's literally like the only the way they tell the story is literally just the facts of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like like that's what she sounded like. Okay, but an interesting fact. And this is where the skeptics like to run with. Lucky, Lucky Sutton and his wife Vera were carnies. Uh. And so their idea is that they were able to get in there and they think that something happened and they're like, let me tell you a story. Because they were the exact opposite. They knew how to pitch the weird. And so they became really... Uh, so she, so you, one could argue that she might be unimaginative unimaginative enough that to create a carny <laughs> that these that these carnies would be able to hoodwink her into believing there was some three foot fall three foot tall gray man in her backyard. Uh yeah. Gotcha. Yes, they they very much could. Hmm. Alright. Um but yeah, go ahead and put up that first, first image. Uh, the drawing. Alright. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I might 
I might uh, restrict our faces a little bit, just That's so we fine. can see. So, if you want, I mean, you could, like, full screen that for the moment. I mean, we're yeah, that would super be important. Joe's face is gone. Got it. Oh, that probably, that probably will help the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so as we said, this was, this all took place on the Sutton's farm in Kelly, Kentucky. In a three, and I'm going to keep reemphasizing. In a three-room house with like eleven people in it. I was just—I will just point out that when I looked this up beforehand, because uh, I wanted to be a little prepared, uh, I was like, I pulled this thing up. I was like, "Holy fuck, it's Sibley!" <laughs> yeah, it, it was actually somebody looked at it and like, "That's a Pokemon." That's a Pokemon. <laughs> that's how you can. T- that's how you really know you've made it in the world of legend stories and Pokemon. It's like, I can do that. And that's half of, like, the original, like, 151 was just, like, random Japanese legends, so it works out, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Blastoise is a Kappa. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Off topic. Proceed. Okay. Um. Well, uh, I, I just, and, and I want to emphasize when I say three room. This is not a three bedroom house. Like, like we are. Like we have. Um, there's a bedroom, it, a kitchen, no, and a living room. Huh? <laughs> I said there's a bathroom, a kitchen, and a living room. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's what it is. It is a three room. That is three room. And there is no bathroom. They didn't have that. No, it's, yeah. It's, it, that was it outside the house. <laughs> there's a sleeping area, there's an eating area, and there's a maybe another sleeping area. I don't know. Like, I don't know if they had a living room. I don't, like, but I assume with this many people, uh, they're all sleeping areas. Yeah. Oh. So, all right. So Wait, the, were they all staying there, or was it just some of them yeah, were there at for this a visit? Point in time, she stayed there. With, there was the people that were there. There were like six people living here. <laughs> according to this report, Glennie Langford lived there with her children. Now, that mind you, most of these are like older. They're not like nobody's like ten and under. So. Glennie Langford lived there with her children, Lonnie, Charlton, and Mary. Two sons from a previous marriage, Elmer Lucky Sutton and John J.C. Sutton, and their wives. That's five adults, three children, and then two more people are visiting. Hmm. Oh, sorry, three. O.P. Baker. That doesn't even sound like a real name. That sounds like a guy who's delivering biscuits. Yeah. Sounds like another Cardi. Yeah, <laughs> this whole house is just packed. It's like, thir- uh, according to what I'm looking at, twelve people are in this building. I think they just slept in one big pile. There's no other way. I don't think you can fit, fit anybody in this. <laughs> so how I imagine this situation is like the one guy goes outside, um, <laughs> and everybody's piled on top of each other. They all just kind of look up, like you know when you see like puppies or kittens that are sleeping in a pile, just look up, except it's not as cute as weird. Yeah. And they're like, what's going on there? And then they just start shooting shit. But this is the details. According to uh, Billy Ray Taylor, he was fetching water from the backyard when he saw a silvery object, as I already said, real bright with an exhaust, all the colors of the rainbow. And he came over the house and then stopped in the air and then dropped straight to the ground. An hour later, the dog was barking just nonstop. Lucky and Billy Ray went to the back door, and they saw a strange glow. 
And in the middle of the strange glow, they saw a three and a half foot tall with an oversized head. These are direct quotes. An oversized head, almost perfectly round. Arms almost to the ground and its hands had talons. Eyes glowed with a yellowish light. Body gave off an eerie shimmer the night of the night's new moon, they said, as if it was made of silver metal. So, All that right. is, yeah. My second thought is you see this weird thing fly over your house that's like shining all kinds of different colors. It, it flew over. Remember, their property is, it, this is 1955. Like, small is still pretty long. Like, it's pretty big. Right. You know, so there was a wooded area, so it flew off and landed in that area. But you don't go and check on that shit for an hour? I'm just saying. I got, some, I got something fly over my house and, like, land in my backyard. I'm going to be like, what the Flying how is that? Dude, especially, especially, I want to. I gotta make sure that this. I, I, I gotta make sure that this shit didn't set anything on fire. At least, like, I want to read the part that would have gotten my attention. What, like, I would have been off walking immediately to go find it. It came silently towards the house, passed over it, stopped in the air, and then dropped straight. To, so, like, it's like flying. Then it just like hovers around for a little bit, and then like goes off somewhere else. Are you kidding me? I'm going to stop and go see what that is immediately. Yeah, that's like... But apparently he looked at it with his water pail and was like, time to get back to choring. And you're like, what? I'm just... That's that's the, that's the part that niggles me a little bit. I'm just like, what? Yeah, I don't give a shit about this. This is unimportant. Like, even if it's just like a fucking meteor or something, I want to go find the meteor. Like... <laughs> that sounds like once in a... Like, this is before, like... Uh, you know, they don't have any power, electricity, or plumbing, like, what else do you have to do? I, I guess carry some water, I guess. I mean, honestly, if, if it's a meteorite, like, you know I'm gonna go grab it, because I'm gonna try to forge it. Like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, like, I'm like, oh, that's forge material, right. absolutely. Meteor like, shit. <laughs> right? I'd be yeah. all over that. This here's a meteor piece that I made into a device. Yeah, no, and according to the comic books, if I touch that meteor, I might get superpowers. Right, that uh, dude. Honestly, I still, I know it's not going to happen because it's just probably like a lump of space iron. But like, I still want to pretend like there's a possibility that like I'm going to, you know, get something. Yeah, he touched uh, the meteor. Have you guys ever seen not. Creepshow? No, I've heard of it. Okay, never mind. Because uh, in that one, Stephen King touches a meteor and he just becomes grass. Oh. Why do you ruin all my fantasies? I don't now. I don't want. To <laughs> I want to get superpowers. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, okay. Now we're gonna go in. Can you put the picture of the uh, the the sketch of the creatures? Oh, the uh, it's already up. It's already up. Yeah. Oh, it's there been it is. up okay, obscuring good. my it face. Show up on mine because I'm I'm looking at my yes. notes, but it's it. It's up there. Okay. This is this description is from. Uh, Lucky Sutton. And it, it is described as, and this is unique because everybody was pretty much the same. Uh, okay, they were all, but there were, there were perceptual differences, but they weren't perceptual differences of like, we're all gonna make shit up and one person went off script. Like, 
they were all pretty much the same. Some people were like, it's two feet tall, some were four. But the, the descriptions were consistent with that of different viewpoints, as opposed to, like, I'm remembering, like, a practice story. A practice story is almost, like, a memory practice is almost always exactly the same. Uh-huh. And the there were inconsistencies in their descriptions that were consistent with a taller, smaller person. Because, like, if you're taller and you're seeing something in the distance, you're going to interpret it at a different height than somebody who's very small is going to... So, like, like a child is going to be like, they were four feet tall, while a person who's, like, six foot tall is going to be like, I don't know, three, you know, two, because just the way yeah. you see things. Okay. So their differences in the descriptions were consistent with perceptual differences, not um, somebody may, somebody that just couldn't remember the details. And But this is a composite drawing by the descriptions given by Elmer Sutton, J.C. Sutton, and O.P. Baker. Oh, Jesus Christ. The names on this are so Southern. By Andrew Bud Ledwith. Oh, my God. Yeah. But all the creatures are described as two to four feet tall, with point, large pointed ears, glowing eyes, claw-like hands, and spindly legs. The legs were described not only as spindly, but as atrophied, almost non-functional, which gave them all a strange waddling gait that was described a lot like walking through water. And at times, they had these weird motions that they would look like they're not walking at all, but gliding. And there's a couple instances where when they were really going at their shooting, they're going crazy with shooting everything, there were creatures in the trees that would that would step out and they would float to the ground. They didn't fall. They were also described as bulletproof, but I'm also think, I'm thinking that maybe they just were terrible shots. Oh. Well, Kentucky Hunters that was in the middle of nowhere. Like, they yeah. Uh, Earn their own, they gotta, you know, hunt their own food, so I would assume they weren't bad shots, but. Yeah, no, well, it's, it's just weird. Also, I mean, I think that the whole thing about, like, them being bulletproof might be kind of like a reactionary thing to, like, when someone says, okay, so you guys were, like, shooting out there for an hour. Is there, like, any bodies or anything that we can do? Like, no, they were bulletproof. Shooting for yeah. four hours. Yeah, four hours. Like after the first hour, wouldn't you be like, "They're bulletproof. This shit sucks." <laughs> yeah. No, they 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 fired up for four hours. Yeah, like um, at that point, why don't you <laughs> grab a knife and like? In, I mean, obviously they're bulletproof, so the knife is probably not going to do right. But you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like it's like Dune. <laughs> it's like Dune. Like they can shoot at them all day, nothing. But then like a slow, you know, well, slow there... blade penetrates shield. Also, I would like, I would like, wait a second, how are they even fighting these things off? Because if it's just like fucking bouncing they off never came Superman. in the house. The, the routine description of them is that, first off, they never came in the house. So this, this sounds a lot to me like a child story of like the monster can't get you if you pull the blankets over your head. But they never came inside. They kept looking in the windows and they, they walked with their hands in the air constantly. Like their hands were always in the, like they, the creatures don't sound like they've made a single threatening gesture. Yeah, and all of a sudden they're getting shot at. So, like, what if they were like, we come in peace? Well, one of the things that were described was uh, these were not people that are going to 
uh, it was said numerous times in, no, in numerous different things that I read that these were not the people that are going to come up with stories or go to the police. And, and this is another thing that they said because they came to the police department at 11 p.m. visibly upset. And they were described as people that were more likely to grab their guns than go to the police. And which they did. They, of course, uh, obviously were like, oh, what's going on? We're going to shoot this four hours. Got to defend the homestead and, sort of thing. Yeah. And and it's funny because like it sounds like they went to the police that were like, we did all the shooting we can do. <laughs> You're like, okay. We're literally out of bullets. Yeah, literally we're out of bullets. And, um, of course, just because of this, like because Glennie was known to be such a serious person, and these are not easily rattled people, that... That was one of the reasons the police were like, I'm going to go take a look at this. And they got there, and they found no. Of course. There's like, no sign uh, of anything. Was there any sign of a scuffle? Like, did they see uh, evidence was, of shooting? They said, they see that there was signs of a lot of shooting. Okay. But there was no sign of, like, a struggle. Like, they found one part with, like, a, like, luminescent goo on a fence post. Is this also the inspiration for the movie Predator, where they're all shooting and, like, no one finds anything except for some glowing goo? Maybe. Hey, what? Predator! Come on, man! Arnold Schwarzenegger! Oh, no, this, these, these, yeah, that's actually, this is the basis for Predator. They were, the Predator then, you know, Started shooting people. And then there was uh, actually only Glenny made it. Oh. Yeah, honestly, that's the, the scene of what you're describing is kind of what they were trying to play out. They're like, right there. But um, they think it's Foxfire, which is a a glowing fungus that is on wood. There's yeah. a wooden fence. So it just starts going dead and glows yeah. at night. And that's, that's what they found. And then they found a whole ton of it in... Uh, wooded area where the light, the strange light was coming from it. And, uh, that was, that was also found to be just all over the forest back there, so. Okay, so did they find any evidence of a crash? Doesn't sound like there was a crash, it just flew over and landed. No. Now, well, now, to pair this up with what was going on in the, in the sky at that night, was there was mm -hmm. a meteor and it was reported all over the place that there was a meteor shower that night. Okay. And um, the the current belief was that, and this is the one I found by by aggregating a whole bunch of different sources, was that while Glennie may not have been a drinker, uh, the one out getting the water was fucking skunk. And so was um, the other one that helped. So the other one that helped uh, she hold them off, Billy Ray Taylor, the fact that they were just completely blitzed. But it was this was a, this is another perfect moment of like right right time. Like in the fifties was like the high UFO time. Like everybody was like aliens, little green men. Like that was. That was super sci-fi time, you know? Like, it was the year 1971, and we've been living on Jupiter for 10 years. Yeah. You know, yeah. that kind of... The, the so, B-movie era. Oh, yeah, so great. 
And, like, it, it actually reads a lot like a B-movie. You know? It, it, yeah. it reads a lot like something, like, it came from outer space. Just the most, like, like down-homey, <laughs> you know, like... It came to this, this, this family with little to no technology, and they were able to hold off the alien menace. Yeah. And it does. It sounds like all of them come to, you know, like, because it, that was that was the U.S. at the time. It was, like, mostly small towns. You know, these aliens are always coming to a small town and for no reason are just fucking shit up. Yeah. Do you want the next picture? Uh, you can put either one of those up there. I like the one, the newspaper clipping. Yeah. Can you read what's on there, Joel, for the, for the audience? Oh, yeah. So... In this, the newspaper clipping de- depicts um, Billy Ray Taylor and Lucky Sutton. And the, the caption says, This is the house near Kelly where little men from space were supposed to have been seen last night. With the gun is Lucky Sutton looking up at the porch roof where one of the invaders supposedly sat. In the doorway is Billy Ray Taylor, who says his hair was pulled by one of the men on the roof. Um, and that just, it's ridiculous. I don't know how clear the image is coming up, but this, sure, this okay. goes to a, to another point of contention in the case is as it started going, first off, Glennie did not want any attention whatsoever. Okay, but people didn't give a shit. This this story spread all over the place, um, making it to newspapers in all points of the country. So very shortly, they started getting curious people who are like, can I see it? Can I come and look at this? Can I blah, blah, blah. They were just trying to come in and see where this happened and hopefully, you know, find a piece of evidence. So there are the original plan was to put up a no trespassing sign. We know how well that works. The no trespassing sign. The people who are into this kind of stuff are like, now it's even more real. And so that, that just made more people come. And so they started charging money. Okay. And uh, which, of course. Yeah, you see it. You see a no trespassing sign. Well, it's obviously a cover up. Well, look at Area 51. Everybody's like, it's got to be something back there. They've got no admits. They have no admits on every single military base everywhere. And they're like, but now, but this one's special. No admits. Yeah, okay. But thank you. So when it when the the no admission and the the no trespassing, they started charging fifty per, fifty cents for admission. And hold on one second. And then a dollar to ask for information and ten dollars for a photograph. Um, just had a coffee delivery, and it was magical. And so, because of that, it emboldened the people who were like, they're just here for privacy, and they want to keep the public out. But even further, it got people who are now like, um, they're only in it for the money. And this is where this story, because in the original reporting, they had held them off at gunpoint. But then when newspapers started getting in there, the kind of, uh, and this is a big point of contest where people really drag onto the fact that Lucky was a carnival worker. 
because the stories start getting more um, elaborate. He starts embellishing and adding more details. Like, it goes to this, in the first one, you know, they held them off, they never got to the house. By the time this newspaper gets in there, they're posing for pictures, and he's like, one pulled his hair, which takes, which starts to take more of like, I'm just riffing type yeah. of combat. By the time, yeah. To, By this point, all of a sudden, like, there's one like, that was standing on the house and was pulling my hair out. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a big one, like, well, they're walking around the yard and they're floating and they're moving weird. And then he's like, and then this one was just hiding out, pulling hair. That's not scary. Like, <laughs> that's, that's just, it makes him sound, like, more annoying. But there is a break in the conversation as, like, the attention starts getting there. And you start getting more money to ask for information. And this is, a lot of people point to the fact that um, Lucky Sutton being the carnival worker, he would get into the showman, the showman way and start adding more details. Like, at one point in time, he explained to one audience member who said that, he, he's like, I saw one that had a cape. Like, what? <laughs> like, he just, he would, near the end, he started adding random-ass details that were just, to make it sound more believable. And I think he just... He, he must have been the leader. Yeah, the leader had a cable. And he had a lightsaber and he breathed real funny. The yeah. leader had a, a had a, like a stripe sort of thing. I, I could, uh, you know, you could call it like a stripe, you know. Yeah, he had a stripe and he kept wanting to put his fingers in water. Little bubbles came off his back. I made more of them. I had to fight them off with my Uzi that I built in my bathroom. <laughs> So, talking to nobody, after a period of time, uh, the general consensus became, they're just drunks. Um, and... There's a bunch of go-dang moonshiners. That's, that's what it became. The, the majority of them were like, they were just drunks. Um, and th- this is what fascinates me, is they decided the creatures were most likely great horned owls. Yeah. Okay, I'm willing to go with this. Why? Because Because it's always a great horned owl. Huh? Because it's always a great horned owl. Every single one of these cryptids we looked into, it's always a great horned owl, because it's the biggest thing. One was the anteater. Yeah, and the other one was like a literal fucking iguana that like (laughs) cut the tail off of, so it's like... No, no. Okay, so why a great horned owl, though? Um, because the great horned owls have, uh, when they, they have they're about the same size, between two to three feet tall. Um, the the horns on glowy the, yellow the, eyes. Uh, what? Glowy yellow eyes. Yeah, they their eyes are very very reflective. They have these these feather tufts that do look from a distance. Remember the the story was they were from a backlit glow in the middle of the night. Um, the people who are probably lightly to incredibly intoxicated. Um, they're very territorial, so if somebody disturbs something that is theirs, they're going to be defended. They're going to defend it. Now, that would explain how they were able to glide, but the, the walking with their arms in here <clears throat> is the one feature that makes me doubt it was a great horned owl, because, like, I'm not a zoologist, but I do believe outstretched wings might look different than arms. Like, Especially since they're like supposed to be like atrophied and emaciated. 
No, no, their legs were, which oh. would also be co- consistent with an owl, because bird legs are, you know, they're skinny. Uh, yeah. Birds do not move very gracefully when they're on the ground. So that would give the waddling gesture. I just think they kept saying their arms were outstretched or raised, and owl wings are huge. If the bird is three feet tall, you're not mistaking the wings for arms. I mean, actually, his description of one of them had a cape makes a lot more sense. I don't know what I'm looking at with Brian's camera. Switch to your dice cam, Brian. I'm sorry. So, yeah, um... Yeah, I... It, 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 that, to me, doesn't really make sense. The glow in the forest being a bioluminescent fungus that people know about, that makes sense. Like, the weird glow... That makes a lot of sense. But um, it doesn't, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people trying to explain it off as the great horned owl just doesn't doesn't sit. I mean. Image incoming. I just don't feel like that. That makes a lot of sense. But uh, it was investigated. It was even investigated by Project Blue Book, which was uh, the code name for the Air Force's systematic study of unidentified flying objects that ran from March 1952 to December 1969. Uh, even that came out and was like, yeah, it's a hoax. I'm pretty sure they classified everything as a hoax. But, yeah, put that image back up of the... Alright, so we got, we got the alien the guy. Time. And then, here's the great horned owl. <clears throat> So, uh, FYI. Oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's well, what it also, is. Also, just now, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of like... Those wings look like spindly arms with claws on the end. Yeah, could be. <laughs> could be. Apparently, according to Google, uh, great horned owls in Kentucky are... Uh, there are over eight species of owls... Uh, that are native to Kentucky, and uh, the great horned owl is most common in North America, home to the deserts, wetlands, forests, so on and so forth. Um, so it looks like, you know, if anything, this is prime territory for uh, great horned owls. Yeah. Right. But They're also massive. Like, like, I can see it. Yeah. Maybe. But can you put the, the great horned owl and the image... Of the guy together. Uh, not with a significant amount of work, but maybe. Alright, yeah, never mind. Just <laughs> just go back and forth, because, like, this is the drawing. But they all, I, I want to point out, they, they clearly point out long spindly arms with hands with claws. That is not what that is. And that is in the right position. Like I mean, maybe, like, the talons, like, maybe the, the feather, the lead feathers could look like talons. I don't know. I, what, that, that is a sickly bird. That is a bird that has gotten some serious problem with all of its hair, with all of its feathers falling out. So, like, all of its feathers falling out, just had, like, seven on each wing, just, like, some weird finger thing. No, that's... I don't know. I mean, I suppose if you could, like, see it from the proper angle, where, like, you know, if it was turned to a side sort of thing, I mean... Maybe. I mean, I'm not... You're standing, like, five feet up, and you're looking down on the thing, Maybe. Could, could be, but as you said, these are massive birds walking around on the ground. 
Also, they're, they're also like vastly 30. territorial, so why would, like, 30 great horned owls decide to, like, descend upon this house that's been there, presumably, for a fairly long time? Yeah, at least long enough for them. Maybe it was long enough for them to create, like, a little pack to get together and be like, it's time to go fuck up those people in that tiny house. Warriors, come out and play. That's what it was. It was the old owl version of, like, a game movie. <laughs> I don't even know if there has to necessarily be 30 great horned owls for this to be plausible, because... No, it, was, it was if, no more than 15. All the reports say 12 to 15. Okay, so, like, because here's my, what my thought is. If you're a great horned owl and you're just, like, chilling somewhere, and then some dumb, drunk motherfucker takes a shot at you? Yeah. Like, you're probably gonna be like, oh, fuck that guy. You know what I'm saying? And, like, if other Great Horned Owls hear, like, the, the original Great Horned Owl, like, screeching for, like, you know, oh, no, there's a predator, or oh, no, there's, like, you know, they could, like, come... And, like, uh, if they're uh, coming from different sides, it might seem like there's a lot of them. But, obviously, if these guys are terrible shots because they're drunk, then it's right. more likely that, you know... They might, like, see a couple of them, and then be like, they were fucking everywhere. There was, like, 30 of them. <laughs> I just don't know a single creature that gets shot at and is like, I'm going to go over there. Yeah. I'm going to go over. It was bulletproof. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bulletproof great horn out. Um, I mean, how likely is yeah, it that uh, these guys were just really, we, really dumb and also, like, terrible shots? Can we go to the letter? Um, written by Glennie Langford. Uh, this is her account Ooh. of it in the Project Blue Book case file. So, it up here. <laughs> this is my. I love this one so. Since, since we're talking about like people and how they see it, um, wait up, Brian. Alright, but okay. Uh, there's redacted parts where it took the name out, but uh, I will read it and just say redacted for the parts that are that are out. My name is redacted. Age 50, I live at redacted. Hopkinsville Route 6, Kentucky. On Sunday night, August 21, 55, about 10.30 p.m., I was walking through a hallway, which is located in the middle of my house, and looked out the back door, slash south, and saw a bright silver object about two and a half feet tall appearing round. I became excited and did not look at it long enough to see if it had any eyes or move. It was a, I was about 15 to, or 20 feet from it. I fell backward and was carried into the bedroom. My son, redacted, age 25, and his wife, redacted, age 29, and then another redacted, age 21, and his wife, age 27, these guys all like older women. Uh. And their friends, age 21, and his wife, 18, I stand corrected immediately, <laughs> were all in the house and saw this little man that looked like a monkey. About 3.30 a.m., I was in my bedroom and looked out the north window and saw a small, shining, a small silver shining object about two and a half feet tall that had its hands on the screen looking in. I called for my sons and they shot at it and it left. I was about 60 feet from it at this time. I did not see it anymore. I have read the above statement, and it is true to the best of my knowledge and belief. Witness John E. Albert. 
Okay, this is a fucking owl. And she just said it looked like a monkey. Yeah, I, I said this is an owl. Like, this is like, she saw some, like, fucking, like... I just, like... Owl looking in from the dark. She was, like, freaked out. Because that's the thing with these things. You never like, see them. No, and, and one thing about the owls. Owls move absolutely silently. Right. Like, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. So the fact that they move without making any sound that they've said before, that's kind of cool. But, um, this so what happened in the four-hour-long shootout? Right. One thing I love about this this thing is, like, <laughs> her description makes me so happy. Because it's like, I became excited. It was a bright silver object, about two and a half feet tall, appearing round. I was about 15 or 20 feet from it. I fell backward. Like, okay, so she's like, 15 to 20 feet. That's close. That's that how wide my room is. All. Like, and then, that wall to that wall, that's about 20 right. feet. It's not even far. And then at 3.30 in the morning, you read this one. Looked out the north window, saw a small, shiny, silver shining object, about two and a half feet tall, that had its hands on the screen looking in. And then, skip the sentence, I was about 60 feet from it at this time. Like, so it's peering in on the screen and your 60 foot long house which now is going this is a big three room house if it's at uh, 60 feet from well I think I think that's like the last time she saw it was at 60 feet oh, no. away in the pair in the in the, the last paragraph as it flows it says I saw a small shining and this is directly from the project blue book so this is this is like reporting it to the air force I was two and a half, it was two and a half feet tall. Its hands were on the screen looking in. And she was 60 feet from it. Like, I'm, part of me is thinking these people don't know dimension. (laughs) Part of me is like. The second part of me thinks they live in a TARDIS. Okay, well here's the thing. I, I hate to kind of like, go this way. Because like, I'm not trying to sound condescending to them, but they're very clearly not very well educated. I don't think this was ever in dispute. Like, no, these are clearly not. So, like, the question here is, like, A, how many of them exactly were drunk? B, how many of them actually knew you know, basically, like, you know, I I, I don't know. It just seems very, like, Especially since, you know, there's apparently a four-hour-long shootout, but hers, it sounds like she thought saw a thing, fainted, woke up later that night, and then saw it again, and then they shot at it, and it left. Yeah. And that was it. So what happened to this four-hour-long shootout the other guys were having? See, that's that's the thing that gets me. Is there's one thing that, that draws... Like, I had friends that were from... Very, very rural Kentucky. I mean, like, I don't even, like, they were probably moonshiners. Like, they were, they lived on the top of a mountain. And they, they didn't know, they didn't read or any of that stuff. Like, they weren't, they weren't very, they were awesome people, but they weren't, like. Very book smart. Yeah, absolutely not. But they knew every fucking thing that lived on that land. Like, they, they knew 
everything. They knew every plant. They knew every animal. They knew everything. I do not see, no matter how drunk they are, if these are people that live off their land. Now, the Carnies coming to visit, I could say, because they came from the, the East Coast. Okay, they were visiting. I could, I could understand them being like, what the fuck is that? But I don't see somebody, no matter how intoxicated you are, that are going to interpret an owl as an alien. Like, I just, like, I don't, I've been shit-faced. And I lived out in the middle of nowhere as a kid, and I didn't see a bat, and I wasn't like, ah, it's fucking alien. No, you know what it is. You know by how they move and how they do everything. The creatures in your vicinity that you're aware of, you know, I've never saw a deer and was like, it's Beelzebub. Never. Well, okay, because right. here's the other thing that we have to ask, because when we're talking about this sort of thing, language plays a big part. Because I would love to know some of the questions that were asked of them. Because, like, if you ask a question in the right way, you can lead someone through an answer. You know what I'm you, saying? Like, if You actually raise a good point in this, too. Because just thinking of the way words are spoken, mm -hmm. you know, um, and you go to her report, and you read it like this, you know, I looked out the back door, it saw a bright silver object about two and a half feet tall appearing round. That sounds like she saw a big ball, right? Just a two and a half foot tall roundish thing. But then you add the like southern, the southern accent to it, you know, and then it's, I saw a bright silver object about two and a half feet tall appearing round. Now it sounds like walking around looking around, you know, as, and just the way, that is important, like, if you take it and interpret it one way, appearing round, let's say, to, to how we're speaking, that appears round. But appearing round can also be looking around. Or it could be peering round, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Not just appearing, but peering round. Yeah, looking around. So it could be, and, and that changes, I know it's, it's just a little thing. Yeah, the way it's interpreted does make a difference. Because you're going to get places that say appearing round or looking around or all this other stuff. And the way you emphasize the word will say it. And if you just read it, right now, if I, as I just read it, I read it deadpan, no accent, two and a half feet tall, appearing round. I read it, that's two and a half foot in diameter ball. Okay? But if it's appearing or looking or however you want to say what if it, it, it then changes to a two-and-a-half-foot-tall creature looking around? That's a, that's a big difference. The, the way people talk and interpret is very important. Because mm -hmm. we do have these different regional dialects that do sound incredibly different. And a person from the West Coast is going to hear somebody in the Midwest and be like, what are you talking about? So, okay. I mean, that's, that's a valid observation. Something that I, I kind of wanted to touch on, and this is where I think we'll, it, this is maybe a good spot to, I don't know, maybe, and we're, we're getting close to time, so. Yeah, well, go ahead, and then I want to get close to the time, I should say. Um, I personally am one of those people who enjoys cryptids and the, you know, various supernatural phenomena, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the possibility of 
psychic ability, the, you know, appearance of extraterrestrials or, you know, unidentified flying phenomenon. Anything that, you know, can be looked at and, you know, it, it all interests me. But at the same time, I'm very hesitant to take anything for certain, if that makes any sense. Because yeah. I feel like there is a difference between the kind of people who like these sorts of things because they're entertaining and they're fun, and then other people who want to believe certain things because it makes their worldview easier. Like, why is this a thing? Well, because uh, it is this. You know, like, all of a sudden you don't have to think about something. Everything right. becomes clear. You don't have to say, I don't know. You say, oh, well, it's it's clearly this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have the people who replace... Uh, what is in our reality, because they don't have satisfying answers for it, right. with their own internal story of what they want to believe, which kind of gives them a way of saying, like, no, no, this is the way it is. Right. I, I find this I, a lot with, like, spiritual healing, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, people who often feel let down by modern medicine because they can't cure, like, something like uh, an autoimmune disease or whatnot, they'll often turn to mysticism as a way of, like, taking control back of their lives. Right. So, when I, I'm looking at this story, I want to know more about it, in, especially, like, uh, have there been any sightings since this incident? That's actually, Do they correspond? That's actually what I was going to bring up. Um, and my last point is the, um, the credibility of the sightings is in 1956, Isabel Davis, who was a prominent UFOlogist, which is, um, said that not only was this, um, similar, but they, they correlated with cases all around the world at the same time. <clears throat> um, there was a lot of places that had similar reports of creatures like this. Um, and she she holds to the fact that this this was an actual site. And uh, okay. again, takes the family history of not having any... You know, I think the owl can... The owl can have a... I said, I think it's just that the owl just had a failed... Uh, failed takeover of, of the... Uh, the human world, and that was that was where the owl versus human war was yeah. going to start. Yeah, and then yeah. they just like completely misunderstood our capabilities, and they're like, "Ah, oh, fuck, we're done here." Yeah, so going back to our world. Pulled that guy's hair, and he's like, "I've wasted my best attack." They're impervious. It's like an owl pull someone's hair. <laughs> yeah, talents. Oh, I don't know, but yeah, uh, there's in the next couple years, like there was a number of sightings. That were similar. Um, you want to put up that last picture of the gray? Um, and there were a number of sightings. Uh, they started changing a little bit. Um, and instead of it being the shorter ones, the creatures got taller. But they maintained mm -hmm. the same shape. The ears... Let's see, they lost their ears and they lost the yellow eyes. Um, they lost the yellow eyes. They lost the ears. But maintained the same... The same, like, Stature. overall 
right? Except instead of the spindly legs, the legs just got stretched. And they became our, like, stereotypical, what we now see as an alien encounter. Also, I think in the original sketch, it said something about their bit, the neck being, like, hunched or something like that. Yeah. But in this one, we've got, like, the long, no, spindly became, neck. There was a number of sightings, uh, a lot of them in Kentucky. And uh, the, like, higher part of the south, you know, like the Appalachia mm-hmm. area, um, of creatures like the Hopkinsville Goblins. And then these, these other ones. We can look at them in a different episode of these tall, slender ones. They're kind of like slammed together to create our composite image of what we have decided an alien looks like now. And yeah, then This was just kind of like the first one, right? Yeah. What's interesting, also, though, is this is also the same time where they came out with the Little Green Men, and that's just news... That was traced actually to newspaper embellishment. Like, the, mm-hmm. that was added that they're Little Green Men, but we have this... These stories, in this particular time, is what gave us the alien that we see today. Like our classic. Known as the Greys. Yeah, known as the Greys. I would love to dig into them later because they're super cool. Maybe we'll um, Keep in mind, like, don't doesn't uh, Roswell, New Mexico, happen like a number of years before this? Oh my sort god, of thing? we should do Roswell next. Mm-hmm. We should do Roswell on the next one. I love Roswell. That's such a great story. Nineteen forty-seven, so about ten <laughs> years before. Right. Yeah, yeah. And also, doesn't that one involve, like, the body of a small, like, you know, thing that kind little of... Little gray man, yes. Oh yeah, exactly. God. So, like, <clears throat> this was already in popular topic? consciousness by this point. Do we have our next next topic after book talk? Sure. Talk? We can do Roswell next. You want to do Roswell? Sure. I mean, if you guys want to do Roswell, we can I do Roswell. I love Roswell. Not the show. None of us are doing shit about the show. Well, that's fine. Show sucked. <laughs> I watched two episodes. I can't really judge it, so I, I should right. probably watch it. No, but I had a lot of fun with this one. It was a, it was a lot, a lot of opinions on this one. A lot of people quick to explain it off, and other people that for the same. It, it's interesting to see the people that would be like, "That's not true because they're charging money." So and the other side be like, "It's true because they're charging money." So like, I, I, I'm gonna divide People can be. And their perception. I'm going to present an, ad, a, an additional topic we could pursue, and I okay. feel like um, it would be a big one for like a Midwest sort of cryptid, and that is, I mean, like, let's be real here, like, probably the biggest Midwest cryptid would probably be the Mothman. That would be a lot of fun. So, like... I like this. I like sticking on the cryptids. It's kind of like... like yeah, that's a lot of stuff to talk about. We could do we could do Mothman, especially since we had uh, in the last couple of years we had some Chicago Mothman appearances that were weird and happened. So I also like that one, and then I, I would like uh, regional leg- reg- uh, huh. re- uh, regional legends. Like I don't know if you're familiar, but when I was growing up, it was Blood Point Road. Oh yeah, like, all the stories you heard about. The- I have. An amazing story about Blood Point Road that we could well, talk about. I think about. that would be that would be a lot of fun, like to just talk about local legends. I and have then, a buddy that might be willing to come on in regards that would be to even Blood more Point fun. Road because he has oh. a little bit of background in the debunking department. Oh, that would be great! So I, I'll talk to him, see if he he will do it. But otherwise, I can just tell the story from what I was told. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can tell you the story I was told, and then, Brian, if you've ever heard of it, um, if you know anything Let's about do that. that, play, that sounds more fun. Let's do that one. Brian? I, I like these legends. I like the silly stuff, like uh, the cryptids and all that I love it. I always have. Like, I don't care what people say. We are not alone in the universe. The universe is massive. Uh, and the, I do believe The question is always never, like, are we alone in the universe? But the question should more always be... Have do they have a, have we been contacted? Yeah, exactly. Oh, have no, we ever I'm 100 percent believing. Like there is a reason that aliens go to the places they go. It's the zoo. That's what they do. <laughs> They're going to be like, yeah. "What are we doing? I don't know." But if you do this, they start throwing sticks. You know, we're just like, like a we're we're just like some giant nature preserve for the alien alien overlords. Well, they I mean, just they like to look at us and stare at us and take a bunch of pictures and then go I back up in space. Like, it, it, a lot of the stuff that they do is very similar to like what a kid does when they go to an aquarium. <laughs> they look at it and then they start poking on the glass and then, like, <laughs> and then they just leave. Like, if they, if they're visiting and they're just yeah. like, look at these things. They're dumb. And then they go off and they, they just do their own thing. Alright, uh, I vote Blood's Point for next, for next episode, for next, uh, after the book talk. Anyone else? Uh, which one? Blood's Point Road. I like local legends. If, if Brian's not familiar with local legends. I can do local legends. Are you familiar with Blood's Point Road, or do you have local legends? I think there's a couple other ones we could talk about, too, from around here, too. There are plenty of local legends. If we look at it, we might not. It might not fill up the time, so we'll find up a couple other ones. I think there's hey, a couple. You're not from the area, though. You're you're I know. a little bit further south, so you probably have new ones. Yeah, maybe we'll look into it. But um, <laughs> other than that, we're... all of us were raised uh, not so much Ben, but Brian and I were raised Brian in the tail end, and me firmly in the middle of the satanic panic of the '80s and '90s, like. I mean, when do we realize that my media exposure is pretty much the same as yours was? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we can talk about this later. It's going to be an episode of, like, local legends and how the current, like, I don't I don't even know what to say, opinion, public opinion of the time. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Well, uh, I thank you. I hope this was informative. Uh, a little rambling because there was it's it's such a weird case, but it is so much fun. Yep. Um, on that note, uh, I would like to wish ever since we've done a few Spider-Man episodes, I would like to wish everyone a happy Spider-Man Day because that is today. And um, a, re- a reminder to check out all their social medias. If you're a new listener, please give us a follow. Um, and since we're affiliate now, if you so choose. Uh, can give us a subscriber subscribe we're working on figuring subscription we're, we're working on generating some new content for our subscribers so if uh we would greatly appreciate it and uh we'll be back again on wednesday for uh our regular D session uh brian you got anything to add uh, just don't forget to watch our YouTube channel. It's got all, all of our episodes uh, from previous shows and whatnot, including our D&D game that we will be back uh, playing this Wednesday. Um, don't forget to check us out on various podcasts. Uh, we have Apple, iTunes, so on and so forth. Uh, we're basically everywhere at this point. So if you want, you can uh, listen to us anywhere you get your 
podcast media. All right. Look forward to seeing you guys uh, Wednesday, and this episode will be uploaded on Friday. You guys have a good day. Thanks, everybody, for watching.